trying to impress trying to impress the person to uh that they're working with that they're doing something right you know like to try to make themselves feel good so it's and i just i was just like talking to this dude i'm like dude it doesn't matter for me like it's this is your stuff you know i mean this is this is your stuff to get close with i'm not doesn't have anything to do with what i think it's got everything to do with with what you think and what you can own you know like what what you can get down with yeah it's it's um that's and that's the i guess that's the the thing that went well with it with the guy i met with today was the uh I, I was asking questions like I wanted to know because you know there's so many words that are loaded like spirituality as a term itself I was like I, I did a good job of just like asking him questions rather than just sharing my take on everything the whole time you know yeah, yeah. so yeah look, dude uh, so I, I did you notice I pressed the record button oh that's what came up on my screen yeah Okay, so we're live. We're live. Pie Piper Peter Pod, live and direct yeah. Zoom time. We're live on the Zoom. We're live on the Zoom. Okay, cool. It's um It's nice to be here again. Yeah. I mean, selfishly I would prefer to be graced with your presence and your and your energy, right? And uh, but if this is all we can do today, then this is what we got. This is what we got. <laughs> Yeah, I feel the same way. I like doing it in person, but you know, you know, it's funny. I went back and listened to the uh, the benefits of staring at a wall. The one, the only other one we did on Zoom. Yeah, it's, it's like my favorite episode. It was really, really good. Yeah, I listened to it as well. I thought it was, I thought it was cool too. Zoom worked out well. Oh yeah. How's how's that? Since you got back, how's how's your what have you been have you been uh, practice has how's your practice been going with your yoga and how is it have you been learning or studying anything or reading anything interesting um as far as the i mean i guess if you wanted to say like the spiritual the spirituality or like the spiritual stuff i i don't really i don't really like have a compulsion to like look at anything i mean like if someone passes me something i'll i'll read it and look at it but i i don't like like for me, it's just really simple. I, I, it's, it's just the, it's the emptiness, you know, it's being, being in a place of, uh, of emptiness. So, um, and I, and I can get clean a lot quicker today. Um, so when I was in Dallas, like I, I, I just keep practicing the stuff that I do when I'm here and, um, uh, staring at a wall is one of them. Just breathing's one of them. Prang's one of them. Um, yeah, it's just just sort of my life, you know. Like wherever I go, there I am. It doesn't, I, I don't, it doesn't change based on where I am. Yeah, it's um, yeah. It's somebody was asking me the other day, like if I could tell tell them what I do, you know, like, and I don't really know what it is I do because it it changes regularly, like. I'm really open. I guess what I, I guess you could say that the practice really is, is just paying attention, being conscious to what's going on 
within me and then also realizing uh, yeah realizing realizing where it's coming from yeah um, and yeah it's been it's been interesting because uh, I read this you know what I'll go ahead and read this quote quote in here because I think it's pretty good and uh, it came up on my uh, it came up on the on my feed or whatever uh, but this, this is what it, what this, I guess this last week has felt like for me, or kind of like my attitude has been this week is, um, you know, I had some extra responsibilities pop up this week, you know, on top of the job and on top of, um, um, being in a partnership and having a family and then shared space came up, came up and some stuff got, you know, uh, facilitated or elicited there. And it was like, you know, the old tapes, the old neuroses kind of like crept up for a minute, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. shit, like, look at like, I get I get swept up in the world, you know, I see the institutionalization of our mental health. And I, you know, I'm, I just get I'm like, there's got we got to do something. There's there's it's messed up. God damn it. You know, like I get I'm like, we're all distra- Anyway, I get caught up in the in the world. And yeah, um, this this popped up and it was really helpful because I realized that in that moment, you know, I need to, I need to let these things die off. I need to feel the feelings that I'm feeling and allow them to pass through and realize it's all a show. Yeah. I don't have to get swept up in it. I mean, I do get, that's the thing. I do get swept up in it. It's part, yeah. of, it's part of human nature. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, this is, this has been helpful for me. And I know we've done a few meditations on death during yoga practice, but this is Mr. Watts. A-L-A-N, coming through. A-W. A-Dubs. And he says, uh, everything is change. Nothing can be held onto. And if you go with the flux, you flow with it. However, if you resist the stream, it fights you. If you realize this, you swim with the flow, you go with it, and you're at peace. This is particularly true when it comes to those moments when life really seems to be taking us away and the stream of change is going to swallow us completely. And so at the moment of death, we withdraw and say, no, 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 not that, not yet. But the whole problem is that we don't realize that the only thing to do when that moment comes is to go over the waterfall. Just as you go on from one day to the next, just as you go to sleep at night. When the moment comes, we should be absolutely willing to die. Yeah. And man, the, th- the, the thing that's really cool about that for me is that can be, that can be accessed in any single moment. Yeah. It's like you, you like I, I see myself get all rattled up. I see myself start to my feelings start to matter. My thoughts start to matter. And I can just go just let it die. You know, don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> let it do its thing. Just just let it die. 
And uh, yeah, I just, it's just, it's interesting to see that, that, that attitude and that mindset can work even when things aren't off the rails. I mean, I can just make a hiccup or a mistake. Like I spilled a whole cup of coffee this morning. I brewed a fresh cup of coffee. It's early as hell. And I'm, I don't know. I wasn't fully awake. I just dropped it on the kitchen floor and it just everywhere. Dude, you're not going to believe this. I did the same thing. Really? Yeah. Except I was driving. So I, I, uh, had a, uh, Cairo appointment this morning. So I went to see the chiropractor and, uh, just to like check up on my, on my, uh, like my alignment, just to make sure that everything was in place and, um, nothing's wrong. Like I don't have any issues, but, uh, I just, I needed to check up to see you kind of where things were. And I made uh, a cup of coffee <laughs> And it's always so damn hot, you know, like in the morning, like the, like as soon as you pour it out, it's just so it's just piping hot. So I get in my car and I'm, I'm, I'm cognizant of this, right? Like I'm, I'm aware that the coffee is extremely hot and I need to let it cool, but I've got to get to this appointment by nine o'clock. So I get in the car and I'm super careful and I get all the way to the doc's office and there was a fucking speed bump or something in the road that I didn't see and I went over it too quickly and the coffee just shot everywhere in my car right (laughs) like it just it just went everywhere and I was only going maybe a mile and a half right like it wasn't wasn't like I had to get on the freeway or anything it was just just it was literally just going down the road (laughs) yeah and uh dude (laughs) I gave away my piece so hard after after that like i just was like oh i went i didn't go ballistic but i was i was really furious with this coffee situation and uh, (laughs) and you know what was kind of ironic is that before i left i grabbed a couple of paper towels because maybe there was something in the back of my mind that like because i i'd spilled coffee before and i didn't have anything in the car to clean it up oh yeah and I hate when stuff gets on, gets in the car and I can't clean it. Oh yeah. So, uh, I, I put a couple of paper towels in my pocket and, uh, after I cooled down, I was like, thank God I put those paper towels, I put those paper towels, <laughs> but I, I walked into the doc's office and I was wearing these like stone colored shorts and I walked into the doctor's office and it looked like I had like brown spots all over my right side of my leg. Oh Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it was like, oh, so I go to the doctor's, he does his thing. I get out and I'm driving back. And I literally, I had that moment where I, I just paused and I was like, you know what? I'm going to restart the day here. So like, I just started the day from that point forward and went through my stuff and was like, all right, here we go. Let's see what, let's see what happens today, you know? And, um, it's crazy. There's these mantras or these things I'll, that, I'll, that, I'll, that are coming to mind when I'm in that same situation. Like I start to get agitated at work or like the coffee this morning or the, your situation. And I start to, I, I always go back to saying, uh, I just, I just go back to saying your life is none of your business. That's like yeah. the thought that comes to my mind regularly. If I start to get agitated or I think I need to go, or I think I want something, I just go, wait a second. It's not your business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's like, that's been really helpful because 
It brings you back to the moment. It brings you back to just dealing with where you are. Yeah. And it also just, it brings me back to a place of what I, what it is that I can do. Like it sets, it, it sets my perception like in the world, right? Like from in a place of reality rather than uh, wanting to control, you know, circumstances and outcomes. Um, you know, I, I just, there's nothing I can do. I, I, I can't, I can't do anything to, to get anything. I, I can only show up the way that I can show up. Like that's, that's it. Right. And if I'm, if I'm in that place where I'm trying to get something or fighting something or grabbing at something, then I'm losing sight on what it is that I can do, you know, it takes me out of what it is that I can do. And that's the most important thing in my life, what I can do, not what the result of that is. Right. And so, so like, yeah. So you're, you're, you're covered in coffee. You're spilled. You're, you're going, what the, what the heck? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going off in the car, you know? Yeah. And then you remember the paper towels. Yeah. And I was like, Oh wow, this is great. Like, I'm glad I have these. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so interesting. Um, another the car and keep moving. Yeah. Clean the car. Yeah. Another thing that keeps has been running through my mind this week is, I guess the the awareness that that no one really knows why they do what they do. And and I yeah. say that and I say that because, in my own examination of myself, I don't know why I do what I do. If I really get to the bottom of it, where is this coming from? And I don't really have an answer. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I mean, for me, that's like that stuff comes to comes into two, it comes, it's a two part thing for me, right? It's either coming from a place of contribution, or it's coming from a place of getting something. So like, I can only, I'm only going to operate out of two, out of two spaces. Um, so I mean, I can really easily go through my life or through my day or through my week or whatever and be like, well, why did you do that? And it's, well, I was, I wanted to get something. Or why'd you do that? I just wanted to give something, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and sometimes it gets a little, it gets tricky because there are times when like, I can give something to get something. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't, than, you don't know. What yeah, it's, but it's, it's masked though. That's the thing. It's, it's like masked in this altruism crap. Yeah. That's what, that's why I get, that's why I feel like the real, the only, the real, the, the only real answer that there is, is silence. Uh, because I get, cause, cause I can't say something is good or it's of help or, it's helpful to someone. I just like, I can know that rationally, I guess, logically I can, I can recognize that me unloading the dishwasher is helpful, you know, but I guess it's just the way my brain works or how, how it's almost, it's almost like just recognizing that there is a little resistance there makes, makes the task worth doing that. It's not necessarily about someone else, but more about the challenge I'm facing within myself 
growing beyond myself, essentially. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but, it, you know, it kind of goes back to the original stuff that we talked about and just like following that thought. Like following that, following that, uh, that internal guidance system, you know, that thing that's, that's given me uh, some guidance and direction on what to do. Um, and then, you know, I mean, there've been times where that's conscious for me and that's times that it just happens, right? Like I don't have to, th I don't think about it, but there are, there are moments where I'll have something come to me, like it'll be a thought and um, I can take action on that thought. Like it could be something simple, like uh, a phone call, you know, like there's a, there's a, there was a buddy of mine that I hadn't talked to in a while. And uh, you know, there was a thought that came that, to give him a call and um, I recognized the thought and then I just called him. Right. And then. Hold, hold then on. Right. I want to get into that. Yeah. Because I, I think I think that's intuitive action because you recognize the thought and then your body moved without any sort of it was clear it, you were clear minded to an extent yeah 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 but then on the other side of that there have been times where I've had that thought and I say fuck that <laughs> I'm not yeah, gonna do yeah. that yeah yes yeah that's ha that happened to me a couple times one time a couple times this week. Yeah, I got to get to this place, or I got to, you know, I got to go over there. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have time to follow that. For me, this week it happened as it happened as um, it's weird. It it was like I got in the car, I had this time, and this the thought was you should be calling people. Uh huh. And uh, and I was like, yeah, it's right. I should be calling people, and I started thinking about who I should call, and I was like nothing felt right so it was like stoppage and yeah, was, yeah because i'm i think i'm still working through some old behavior patterns that have been set um that like for, for example um i was at a meeting sunday night and i and i met with a guy before the meeting we did we went through and worked on some stuff before the meeting and i told mel that uh, i was going to be at this meeting but I was also aware that she wanted to spend time and like have dinner, maybe watch a flick or something. But I had said I was going to this, this, this group. Yeah. And uh, I finished working with the guy and, and, and he's going to the, to the group and I'm, I'm, I find myself walking to the car and my brain is telling me, you, you said that you, you told, you told yourself you were going to go to this meeting. You told Mel, you were going to go to this meeting. You should go to the meeting. If you don't go to the meeting, you're letting yourself down. You're letting your recovery down. You're letting the guys in the meeting down. My brain was trying to tell me everything to, to turn around and go back. But my body was saying, no, dude, like you're, you're tired. You want to spend some time with your family. Just keep moving your feet. Don't, don't listen to the thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's that's weird how that happened. But if you look at it's it's funny, dude, because if you look at that, if you look at those two places, right, like one's in fear and one's in love. So the thought of like maintaining this idea or maintaining this character, right, is like I've got to show face. I said I'm going to do this, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like 
that's all about so that I can look a certain way or like feel good about what it is that I'm doing for me. Right. Like I'm, but then I've got this intuitive thing going on. That's like, you know what, like now's not the time and place for that. Um, you know, you, you've got a f- other commitments that you can like follow and whatever, right? Like there's one thought that's taken care of me and there's another thought that's um, put me out there. Hmm. So it's, you know, and I, I totally relate to that because it's, it's really, I guess for me more now today than ever, it's about just listening, listening to that internal voice, right? That internal, that internal thing. I mean, there've been times where there've been times where uh, like for yoga practice and stuff, right? I mean, I've been exhausted, had a busy day. I got this, this thing in my head that like, why I practice four to, you know, three to five times a week. So I've got to, I've got to do this, right? Like yeah, I've got to go and do this, but my right knee's hurting and my foot hurts and, and my body, I just don't, I don't feel like I can, I can muster it. And uh, in the past I would have, I, I, I mean, I would have went to yoga, you know, and I would have struggled through it and I would have just battled it out. And today I just go, you know what? Like we can just do some stretches, like do some other stuff at home and, have a quiet night and, and just relax. And I think that's, I think that that example and the one I just gave is what Watts was getting at with that quote. Our old ideas are trying to contain us in the, in the, in the caricature, the story it is that we're trying to hold on to Yeah, and our body, our heart space, like, like the, the mind of the heart is being led elsewhere. Yet we're still holding on to the egoic representation of who we think we are. And how we think we are. Yeah, because it's known and it's familiar. It's a it's a familiar it's a familiar uh, element of conditioning. I mean, it's it's how I op- how I operated my whole life. So it's it's easy it's easy to uh, like. I mean, I, I had lunch today with a buddy of mine, right? Really good friend, and. Um, we, we were talking about relationships, right? And we were talking about how if, if a person's, and I've been in this situation, right? Like being in a toxic environment where both people aren't, aren't well, right? Like they're, and not being well doesn't mean like in a padded cell, like just not being well is, you know, everything is about, about my, about the individual. So just grabbing at things and, you know, I have to perform a certain way to meet the needs of the other person. And the other person has to perform a certain way to meet my needs and all this sort of, it's just, you know, it's it's just codependency really. I mean, it's just this huge thing. Right. And um, I said, I mean, at the end of the day, man, when somebody starts walking a new way, they start living their lives a new way. uh, It forces the other person to look at themselves, you know, it first forces the other person to look at what's going on in them. And this is one thing I'm completely sure of. Sick people don't like sick people who get well. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. and maybe sick's a better, a too strong of a word, but like sleepy people or people who aren't interested in growing don't like other people who start growing. It, it, it's a really uncomfortable situation because 
because the other person's acting and behaving differently, that other person is comparing themselves to, to that person who's moving in a different direction. Wow. And they don't, and they don't like it. it does, it's not comfortable, right? Because the whole, the whole system and the whole structure of, of that life is being challenged. So that egoic character that the, that the person's been, been, been uh, playing with for uh, oftentimes decades, right? Like, and it was the same for me. Like, I was so messed up, man, that like, I didn't like anybody who was getting well, like within my family or like within my friendships, right? Or like, I mean, think about, I remember uh, like guys I used to party with, you know, and like there was one dude that sort of fell off the map and uh, ended up getting sober and started like doing different stuff. And it bugged me, right? Because all of a sudden, like, I knew that it was possible to potentially be sober and like live. But this guy's showing me something about myself that I don't like. I don't like how I'm living. I don't like my life. I don't like, I don't like the anxiety. I don't like the depression. I don't like the fear. I don't like the alcoholism. I don't like any of it. And this guy's like, walking in a different direction and I'm seeing this light come out. Right. It's, it's a, it, it challenges the character challenges the, it challenges the person. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a little bit, it's a little bit tricky when it comes to that sort of stuff. It's a little bit tricky. Um, and it's really, really easy to, it's really, really easy to fall back because of the other person, it's really easy to fall back into living a, living a different way, like living the old way. Right. Right. Cause it's familiar and it's known it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's comfortable. So it's, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I think that that stuff's really fascinating to look at just from a dynamics perspective. And it, it explains why, you know, for the longest time I was, you know, I just stayed stuck like Chuck, you know, I was just staying in that, in that hole until finally I didn't. I want to ask you, I want to ask you about shock, about the shock that like the a shock that, that wakes you up, you know, like uh, sometimes yeah. the rapids or the something happens where you're like, uh, I want to ask you if, if, cause I read in one of the, I read in, I think it was reading Vern, big V. Vito. V-Dog, he's basically saying, and I've heard this from a lot of, no, it might have been DeMello, actually. But they were saying basically that, like, uh, growth occurs when there's shock like that, when there's psychological growth or any sort of spiritual or um, char- character growth. growth yeah. Happens when there's a challenge somewhat. Yeah. And then all the other times he was saying, it's basically like pleasant sailing, smooth seas. It's like, you're doing the work when the time is to do the work and all the shocks are incredibly excellent, positive things because they're going to warp and shape you into, into what you're capable of becoming. And so you work with the shock and then you cruise and then that, that's what you do basically. Yeah. Do you feel, do you, how do you feel about, I want to know what your thoughts are about that. Like um, necess- is it necessary? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I think for my, for myself, I had, a I had one of those shocks, but it was like on a nuclear level. You know what I mean? It was, it was an overwhelming shock that 
snapped me out of seeing myself and seeing my life the way that I saw it. It was just a bang, a spontaneous bang. And um, I think over the course of my life since then, there have certainly been there have certainly been uh, maybe reminders or um, there have been there have been clues, right? Like where I'll feel something internally. It might be in a relationship setting, might be in a work setting, might be in something, right? That's a that's an area of my life. That's a part of my life where it's like. Yeah, like I'm done. I'm done with this. I mean, it's time to move into it's time to move into a new space. Time to move into a new place and have a new experience with it. Um, and then the cruising piece, and if I'm being honest with you, like I I I felt like I felt like my life was has been a has been pretty cruisy for the last five plus years. Like the last five years has been pretty, pretty cruising. Now, like I had to eat a lot of shit with like work stuff and like career stuff and like game playing stuff. But I was aware that that's what I was doing. You know, like I I was aware that like, okay, you're going to have to eat shit for three or four years here and, and just keep it together, you know, uh, with your life, like living wise, but that that'll pass when it's ready to pass. So you just got to keep doing what you're doing. Right. The same thing in relationships, right? Like just keep, just keep dancing your dance. Like keep doing your, keep doing the things, keep doing, keep doing what you like to do. Keep enjoying your life and, uh, you know, keep taking shots, right? Like just keep, keep playing and that'll work out. So like, I don't have any anxiety or, um, I mean, I was thinking about, um, the stuff that happens sort of traditionally where you start to worry that you're not going to get married or you're, you're going to be alone and like, you know, all this sort of stuff. And it's like, I don't even care about any of that anymore. Like I, I might have fleeting thoughts about it, but like, there's nothing I can do. It's just, (laughs) I just, I just have to keep dancing, dancing the deal. I just have to keep doing it. And like the stream piece, right? Like just go with, go with the flow of your life. It's wild. It's wild. Like that's how I feel about everything now that comes in the form of conscious thoughts. I feel that that approach that you're just described is how I feel about everything that goes on in my brain now. Yeah. 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 It's, it's wild because it's, I know, and I know we've touched on this, but like, you know, I had, I had my shock two years into the deal and it almost was like, I, it, it didn't, it didn't, it, sh- I just, it shocked me out of all games it shocked me into myself really is what it did. Right. And I, I never knew, I never knew how to work with the understanding that I had been given. Cause when that shock came and, and the knowing came, it was like the peace came and the awareness came and I had no, it was like being given like, all the coolest like swords and weapons and shurikens and all the cool fun shit that you'd, you'd want to play with. And it's like, here's all of it. And, and no one's going to teach you any of it. <laughs> You're not going to know right. how to use any of the, any of the, any of the, the tools, any of the weapons, any of the fun stuff, nothing. 
Right. Um, and I, I think the other, like the other thing too, that came to mind with the, um, with the shock piece, I, I really, I enjoy the shocks. So like, I, I think the shocks are, uh, the shocks are really cool. I, I used, I was desensitized to the shocks, you know, like to the, I, I wasn't able to see that stuff. I would keep producing the same shock over and over and over again. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. you know, it was the, it's like when you get, it's, you know, it's sort of like when you have the, when you're a kid and you stick your hand in the outlet for the first time, right? Like that's a little, that's a literal shock. I, I was the type of kid that would like get shocked again. You know, I would, I'd stick my finger back in the, back in the electrical outlet. And then I would do it again. And I, you know what I mean? And just keep getting the same, that same experience over and over and over again until finally it just becomes, you know, it's impossible to differentiate the true from the false. It's so I'm living, living in that way. And then the shock that I experienced that sort of transformed my life was a, that was a totally different ball of wax. Like that was a, a totally different experience. It was a totally different type of shock. Um, but soon afterwards you started the practices or you were doing the practices. No, I was, I never, I couldn't do it before that. I, yeah, I couldn't, ne- I, I never, I, I didn't get my, I didn't get, sh- if I hadn't gotten shocked, I would, I would never do this. I would never have lived this, done this stuff. Really? Yeah. 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 I was doing all this stuff. I got the shock and was like, I don't need any of the stuff. Yeah, no, I, I was the opposite. I, I was, <laughs> I, I was incapable of making any of, of walking my feet in a different direction. Um, I was convinced that uh, it was up to me and I was going to do it all. And uh, I was going to figure out how to do, how to, how to live. I was going to figure it out. Man, so, you know, you know, I'm like, I'm like a bit of, I used to be, I'm a bit of a junkie heroin addict, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been said. So it's been said, I, I used to do hood rat shit on the reg, right? Yeah. And I had this, and I had this, uh, the sponsor I was working with and this was after my shock and I was going to a funeral of one of my friends who passed away. Um, and we're at the funeral, we're at the memorial and I go up to my, to my guy and, uh, and I basically, you know, he, he'd heard my whole life story. He knew all about my past and all the shit that I'd done and how terrible things used to be. And I went and I, and I approached him. I said, uh, I said, uh, I'm not going to be doing AA anymore. I'm out. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, no, thank you. Uh, love you, dude. Really glad we were able to do it, but I think I got to go figure out my own thing now. And that, and, and when I, and, uh, and yeah, I went, I went off on my own and tried to grapple with what it was I had experienced in my own way. Yeah. And literally from that point forward, it was as if I, as it was as if I was building a wall that was, that was like, like I literally learned how to get in my own way. Like it was like, everything was occurring on its own. There was no me. Everything was a spontaneous expression of reality. And I'm having these thoughts and I'm realizing, like, I never, I was 26 at the time. So I'd never even, I never even was aware that there was something observing thought. I didn't know there was a witness to consciousness as it unfolded. 
Yeah. All that stuff was just shown or just, I just happened to me. And so I'm just running willy nilly with all that stuff. And I, and I, and I drove myself into a state of total surrender. And, and when, that's when we met, you know, because it was like, I hit that, I hit that realizing that like, I can't do shit, you know, a year ago, year or two years ago, whatever. Um, but yeah, I know it's just, it's just weird how it's just weird how our, uh, how our stories uh, intertwine in different areas and different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And I, I mean, the, the, I, I think for me, the thing that's been very, very obvious is that um, I just don't go down the rabbit hole anymore. I just look at things. Uh, it, this is what it is. It's just an, it's it's all it's just an observation. Like there's I don't have anything in my life to figure out anymore. You know, I, there's nothing to figure out. There's nothing to fix. There's nothing to change. You know, it it, it and it literally is that absolute for me. I I don't have. Um, you know, there might be some situations in, in, in game playing, right? Like with work and stuff that I'm solving. But I mean, for instance, I met with the CEO of our company today and I've never met the dude before and just completely neutral. Like just having a chat like I would, you know, one of the, one of the dudes at the bus stop or something. I mean, just, just totally, I have no identification with, that person's position in a game. It's a human being that I see as a human being. I, I don't see, I don't see the other stuff as much. Right. And I used to, like, I used to see that stuff, but as I've, as I've practiced looking at life, I guess it, I just, I start to see people for people and I start to see situations just for situations. That's just what they are. Um, I don't have to figure out my family. I don't have to figure out my relationships. There, I, I just, there's nothing to, to, there's nothing to work on. So let, so let me go into the nitty gritty of some of that. So like, like practically, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there was some level of self-examination early on where you started to see that you were trying to get things. Yeah. Well, I start. what I'm saying is, is that I, I was, I was misrepresenting reality um i was misrepresenting reality right like i was looking at i was identifying with characters and i was identifying on a material level right that like this this matters or or this this is important or this is serious right it it and it was none of that so i just and i it all i did it, it all come it all came from myself right like seeing seeing this masquerade that I was operating under this, this veil that I, this character that I thought was so important and had to be defended at all the, all these times. And the thing about it is, is that if I have a character, then everybody else has a character. <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, if I have a name, then everyone else has a name too, right? Like everyone has their own name and behind that name is a character that has to be defended. 
So like I'm talking to, you know, Mr. CEO guy and it's, I don't, I just see him as a person. Yeah. Just a person, a human being. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Why do you think it's hard to communicate these, uh, this way of looking at the world for people? I don't know if you've tried it, like tried to share some of this stuff with people and say like, you know, you're not really your name and you're well. The thing that's hard about it, and this is what was hard about for me, is I didn't un- I didn't understand the duality of existence. I didn't understand I didn't understand that I wasn't my name. And people have a really hard time with that. Like when you say, "Hey, you know what? You're not Abby." Like you really know that you're not your name. Like that that throws a wrench in the fucking gears, man. Like because for so long, an individual thinks they're their name. And they're, and no human being is their name. And once a person can recognize that they're not their name, then they can see everyone else's names and who they really are in their lives, you know, because they can see it in themselves. So, so what about, what about when, you're, when you're talking with someone and, you're, and you say the you that you think you are, doesn't exist it's a fiction yeah i mean look it's not a it's, that's not a conversation that i have with many people i, I <laughs> that's what i'm, I'm am i yeah, no, running around no. trying to have these conversations <laughs> no no like yeah i it's it's not there there's very little use in going there in a lot in most situate in most most interactions it's just it's not it's not productive because it it's something that has to be discovered um, on an individual, on an individual basis. But I, I will talk about it with people who, uh, for instance, that I work with, um, in recovery, right? Like, and there's always a time and place to ask that, to have that conversation. And it's typically down the road a ways, um, unless a person discovers it for themselves, um, on their own, like I did, right? Like nobody had to tell me I, it was obvious. Right. Like it was very, very clear. Um, and like, I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask questions like, so who do you think you are? Like, who do you really think, who are you really? And see what the response is, you know, but uh, it takes an open-minded person and somebody that's comfortable enough and letting go of that, that defense mechanism to, to, in relationship to that character, to be able to have that conversation. Because if a person isn't and they're still so identified with that character, it becomes an attack. And yeah, because it, it's, it's somewhat yeah. perceived as invalidating your life's experience to an extent, your memories. Yeah, everything. exactly. Yeah. And that's really painful because th- those those things are deemed to be real. Th- that that's that's an individual's that was an individual's reality. That, and that's what, that's what they're identifying. That's like what I was identifying with, that I was identifying with this character and the experiences that the character had as reality. And it wasn't reality. It was never reality. It was a real experience, but it wasn't reality. <laughs> huh. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I don't, like I said, if someone wants to have the conversation or like talk about these sorts of things, yeah, I'm, I'm completely open to, to, 
to having to, you know, to, to, to doing that, but um, it's less than 1%. I mean, I, I just don't, I just don't talk about it with, with people. It's, it's a, it's a challenging thing. I like, yeah. I mean, people who are close in my family, I mean, it, it, it can be very destructive because it's, it's a, it's a, it's taken as a definite challenge. I mean, it's, it's the antithesis to everything. It's the antithesis to how the whole world operates. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's against the grain. It's no surprise that this is like the type of stuff we're into. (laughs) Oh, it's a fucking miracle. It there, it's something that couldn't happen that did. I, and, and like, I, I don't even ask that question anymore. I, I don't know how it happened. I just don't know. All I know is that there were some experiences that took place in my life that revolutionized it. I, I just, it, you know what I mean? I, it's a, it's a really crazy, bizarre sort of thing. And it's not, and here's the other thing too. It's not better or worse. No, it's not. It has nothing to do with uh, being in in direct comparison to something that's better or something that's worse. It it doesn't have anything to do with that. It's just different. It's just a different. It's it's a new it's a new way of experiencing. It's just the way I'm I've kind of conceptualized it is I did everything the I I, like I think about the, the before times, and there were some really really happy, blissed out beautiful times right yeah yeah and so like none of this stuff we're talking about was on the radar or would have mattered at all it's all of it's still experience which is pure just experience itself is pure is pure and what it is yeah um it's just i've got the i guess i've got the type of mind that um I've got a type of mind that um, really tried to squeeze as much as I possibly possibly could my way out of life to the point to where it broke. It broke me. Yeah. And that that's exactly what happened for me. I mean, I just ran out of time. I ran out of options and I ran out of time. Everything was gone. There was not, there was nothing left in the tank. I didn't have anything internally. It was, there was, I mean, it was, there just wasn't anything. There was no idea. There were, there was no more like, I got, I'm going to figure this out. There was just, it was just nothing. There was no, I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps. You know, I just, I had, I had exhausted all options. I, I had worked so hard and spent so much time and so much energy uh, just, you know, running around trying to figure out my life, you know, trying to figure out my life. And, um, yeah, it just, you know, it, it ran. And I, th- I think that happens. I think that's a common trait to people who have acute suffering. I think people who, people who suffer, um, in a, in a very great way, um, they, they, it, it, there's something there that runs out. There's something there that breaks. Um, and on the other end, people that experience massive amounts of pleasure in an extreme way as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look, I've been, 
I've been to a, um, a couple of mental hospitals, man, and spent time on the ward. You know, like in the in the actual ward. Yeah. And uh, I got to be honest with you, like there are some interesting people. I mean, I was in, and the, the I I knew guys that were and and women that thought they were different different beings. You know, like different creatures. Oh yeah. And it was a it was a it was a very real thing. It there was no there was it it like everything had been warped into like on a cellular level believing that that's who they were. And you know, it's like I I started I, I had that thought when I listened to Alan Watts talk about you know there's a really fine line between being in a padded cell and being and experiencing uh, enlightenment. You know, and it's it's like these people who aren't well, quote unquote, are in this hospital being given a bunch of medication and like doing stuff. And I look back on that and I'm like, a lot of those people were harmless. Like there were there was a percentage of people that were that would be considered dangerous to the game of life. I mean, they were they weren't interested in hurting other people, but, you know, they were certainly interested in, in taking themselves out of the equation. And, but I got along great with everyone, you know, like. <laughs> of course you did. I did. I did it too. Was, <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it, I was excited to leave. Oh but yeah. Like I was really excited to get out of there after, after a week, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I look back and it was very comfortable. I had, I had a nice bed and I had, they were giving me food and, <laughs> you know we were playing checkers and we were playing connects and like it was just it was okay Dude. i i identified more with that group at that time than i did with with like my buddies that i was hanging out with on a regular basis you know like man it's so it's so that's so true dude it's uh the, the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. We wonder why it's a classic and you're watching these guys and they're so individually weird and expressive and, and spontaneous. And that's a level of liveliness that is, it's just, it's just endearing. Yeah, and it's wild. And I like wild things. You know what I mean? It's, there's, there's an element of freedom in it. That's why we watch people get on stage and do performances. Yeah. They're, they're essentially, they're essentially allowing themselves to be taken by, uh, by creativity, taken by movement, taken by music and motion and, and, and performance. They're allowing their, themselves to be commandeered by like the creative consciousness that's expressing itself through them. And we yeah. call we call it art because there's a stage and a canvas. But if we're sitting in if we're sitting at the you know in Cottage C, we call it a we call it a Code Twenty Two. <laughs> so there was this. Uh, I don't know if are you familiar with Ayrton Senna? No. So Ayrton Senna was a Portuguese, um, sorry, a Brazilian um, Formula One driver. Ah. And. Um, he was arguably one of the, he was arguably the best driver in the history of formula one. You, you can put him up there with Michael Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton and like um, Nicky Lauda and like all the, all, all the greats. Like he was, he was incredible. And um, 
there's a really, there's a great documentary on him called Senna. And he, um, they asked him this question in this documentary. They said, what was, what was your favorite uh, memory of racing? Like, what's your favorite memory of racing? And uh, his favorite memory of racing was when he was go-kart racing in Europe. And it was um, these small races that were, they were go-kart races when he was younger. And um, he said it was pure driving. It was just pure. It was just, a, it was a pure experience. And there were characters there. There were guys that were, you know, like living out of their vans and uh, fixing these go-karts and they were passionate and like just they were just drivers just racers they just loved racing right there was no money there was no fame there was no media there was nothing it was just local racing local kart racing right and that was his that's what he said was his favorite racing memory right and this guy went on to i think he was a two-time world champion he had a all the money in the world, all the deals in the world, like everything that you could ever, ever like want from a fame perspective, he had, like he, he got to experience. And his favorite memory of racing was when he had nothing and he was just racing, right? Like, and so like to touch on what you're talking about, like performers and artists and stuff, because like, and it's really, really common, right? It happened for me to a certain extent playing golf, but like, you, you, you get, you get, you come to a certain place where you're, you're, you're doing it. You're doing it in this, in this material place. Like you, you've sort of lost sight of the real, of the real passion and the real love of just doing something. And that's what it is. Just doing something. And, um, you know, you see it in music, you see it in with, with actors and actresses, you see it in every professional sport you know, oftentimes people will say that their favorite memory was when they were doing it just for free and for fun. Right. But they're, they're, they're just playing that game as they move forward in a different level and they get the houses and the cars and all this sort of stuff. But like internally that memory of doing it for free and for fun was the, was the purest experience. Wow. You know what I mean? But so Senna and then Keith Richards talked about it in his book um, in his autobiography life. I mean, he, he talked about that at length, like the purest music and the experience of being broke and having nothing and like playing the clock around, like learning, learning, learning different licks and like all sorts of stuff. Right. Like that was his, that was his, that was his joy. And what happened, it's, it's crazy because what happens is that like oftentimes those people don't want to, they, they want to do something else. Like they don't want to be in the, they don't want to be in front of it. They don't want to be playing in front of, a hundred thousand people and they don't want the fame and they don't want the it, that they're not interested in any of that but like because they have a they have a skill and that's the only thing that they know how to do right like it's 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 not like the person would go and you know just just shit can their their music career and then go play you know and then go into investment banking right or like go play a different game it's the only game that they've ever really mastered so it's a, it's a, it's a really, tra it's a difficult trap. It's a really tough trap. Yeah. It, it, you got, there is, there is back to the Watts quote, there is a level of, of death and, and re re and, and, and recreating yourself. Yeah. And, you know, 
the crazy thing is we live in a world today where people are consciously like putting that out there to be the biggest and bestest thing that like you should strive you should strive to be to be somebody right you should strive to be famous like you should strive to be a an entrepreneur you should strive to be an executive right and it's just not it's just not accurate like it's just not it's not authentic because it takes away it takes away from people experiencing it for free and for fun you know yeah it takes away the purity of it yeah being nothing and being nobody yeah exactly i mean like i never made it to the level of like anybody famous but i mean even for me like my life was golf and i look back at my golf experience man and like hitting balls at nine o'clock at night under the there was this at, at this course that i played at there was this light that overhung um on a uh at, at the um in the um where people park there was this light that was a big huge like what what's the the big bright ones what do they call those like the um stadium lights yeah kind of like that like a mini stadium light that like hung up and it was just one light and it was next to this bunker and the bunk this bunker was like on the driving range but it was up the range right so there wasn't a place to hit balls but i would go out um and pick up a bunch of balls that they hadn't they hadn't uh uh they hadn't picked up when they picked the range at the end of the day and so i'd find all the balls like under the pine trees and like in the bunkers and all over the place that I could find them. And I would bring them and I'd put them under this light and I would just start hitting balls into the dark, just under this light when I was, when I was a kid, you know, and I look back at that memory and it was, it was the coolest thing ever. I'm 11, 12 years old waiting for my ride to come pick me up. Who's probably forgot that I'm even at the course and I'm just hitting golf balls, you know, just, just for the joy, pure, just hitting balls, just, just loving it. Have, and I didn't want to, I never wanted to leave, you know, and that those periods for me were the most joyful. Those were the most joyful times of my life, you know, where, with golf. I really, really, I love that. You know, there was nothing. I wasn't doing it for anything. I wasn't trying to be anybody. I was just hitting golf balls and I had an absolute passion for that. And um, as I went through my life, that was my own real, that was really my only focus. And it got me to college and it, it gave me a shot at having a, a pro career and I, it showed me the world and I got to travel all over the place. And, um, you know, it was, it was great, but it's like, man, now all of a sudden I've got to, I've got to play, I got to do this thing for, I've got to try to do this thing so I can earn a living. Right. Like, and it's tough. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a challenging thing. And then people say, Oh, well you got to travel all over the planet. And I was like, I wasn't on a fucking vacation, man. I mean, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I'm not renting a boat going down the Thames. I mean, I'm there to, I'm, I'm, I'm on tour essentially, you know, I'm there to work and I'm there to, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure and it takes away. And again, the truth of the matter is I love the game of golf, right? And I think the truth of the matter is that anybody that reaches a, a I mean, like for you for, with football, right? Like there's a passion for football. There, there had to be a, a passion for, for playing the game at some point. No. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. 
Well, it was, for me, it was always, it was always just the challenge. It was just, I, I just remember, uh, yeah, there was no, there wasn't a passion for it. Okay. Yeah. So you were just, you were just playing it and it probably explains why, you know, you didn't keep playing. Yeah. I mean, passion's a funny word. I, I like the imagery that you just detailed out under that light, hitting those golf balls and the purity of it. And I was trying to think if I've had any moments like that. And um, the purest moments I can really think of is just in my childhood, waking up and just feeling, feeling safe and feeling like I could play video games and everything was going to be okay. And there was nothing I needed to do or needed to be. And there was just love that. And those were, that was like, that was like my early childhood you know, until I, until I started playing football, football is when I would, <laughs> now that we're talking about it, it's almost like I knew that I had to, I, I didn't, I knew that, I knew that if I, I knew that I could earn a scholarship because my father said, you're going to be big. Uh, and if you want one, you'll be able to earn one. And he was an NFL player. So I had a living example of a dude that had done it telling me, yeah. I could, telling me I could do it too. And it right. was like, it's like that, you know, the, the hierarchical or archetypal father figure, your personal God telling you, like, you can do that. You are this thing as I didn't have to believe because it was just, it was a given. And so it was like, you know, I, I just, I just did it because, uh, I just did it because I didn't know what else to do. I just knew it was the thing to do. And it was damn difficult and it sucked. And it wasn't until it wasn't until a little bit of playing. It wasn't until I could objectively see what was going on on a field that I was able to disconnect from it and enjoy the game, uh, the game of, 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 of physically, uh, physically challenge, being challenged by another, another dude. Like to me that I used to go to, I used to get off the, of, school and go to the gym to, to dress out for practice. And I'd be thinking during the school day, I'd be thinking everyone I'm looking at in these hallways are not going to be able to go and hit someone after school. And I felt bad for them. Yeah. Cause, Cause it was like, I always knew no matter if I screwed up a test or if I made a mistake or I got embarrassed in some way, I was like, I can always know that I'm going to just go knuckle around with, with some guys after the, after school and just beat each other up a little bit. Yeah. But that was so, I mean, like, and I guess, I guess where I'm coming from is I'm, I'm, I'm talking about those kind of weird people that have that. It's an obsession really, but it's, it's like this thing that's inside you that just, it just drives you, you know, like, yeah, it's Michael Jordan and space jam shooting the free throws, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had that like so I I had that I had that level of intensity and and drive I guess and passion for 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 the game of golf and um like to the point where that's all I wanted to do I mean I I I didn't want to do anything else um like my yeah the only the only thing I ended up having was just like a passion to prove something I always felt like I had to prove something prove to myself or, or, or prove, like if I had a passion, it was to prove that I could get or be somebody or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, 
yeah, the only real purity I experienced was like literally my whole childhood was like that though. Like what you described under that. Yeah. Like that is, I never got something like that for an, for an activity or an interest. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't have the family piece, you know, like I didn't have that. I didn't have that feeling of like that you explained. I, I didn't, that wasn't my experience with any of that. So I, I just had something in me that grabbed on and I was a loner, right? Like, I mean, I was, I had an introverted personality where if you could leave me alone um, at the golf course, it didn't matter if I was playing a nice course or a crappy course or it just, it never mattered. It was just, that's all I wanted to do. And um, I got really, really interested. And it was in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways it saved my, it saved my life, you know, in a lot of ways it it uh, it gave me an outlet uh, to be able to do something, not even productive, but to just, to just do something that I was interested in. And the thing that gets really tough about it is that, you know, all of a sudden you're so passionate for an activity and you end up moving that through, you end up moving that through to a really high level. And then all of a sudden you're not the type of person. I wasn't the type of person that could live, could live that way. Right. So I couldn't, I couldn't live a life with that activity. <laughs> so I have the activity and I'm really good at it, but I, I, everything else I couldn't do. Like I couldn't, I couldn't live beyond that. So when you start, when I started traveling around and having to make hotel reservations and book air, airfares and have be responsible. I didn't, I was incapable of operating. I, I wasn't able to actually function until I got to the golf course. So which is you, a really weird thing. Do you, do you think that purity that you'd found under that lamppost. Yeah. That space that you found for yourself, the uh, to allow you to experience some level of peace of mind. Um, all of a sudden you realize that the material world, if you're good at that, wants it. And so all these things form up around you, right? All these obligations and, and places you have to be and how you have to be and what you need to do. And uh, all of a sudden, the purity of just hitting balls underneath a lamp light is is diminished by all the extra stuff that's now associated with it. Yeah, it goes away. And what I'm saying is that I wasn't the type of person to recognize the purity of just doing the activity, right? And like understanding and taking responsibility that, okay, this is the price that you have to pay. So like, if you're going to play, if you want to play this game for a career and you want to do this for a living in this, in this way, these are the prices that you have to pay. The purity of the game will always be there for you, but you're going to have to do some things that you don't want to do. So let me, well, let me ask you this, where you're sitting now and how you the way you, the way your life is lived now, right? The purity that you had under that lamppost, would you say that you experience it somewhat regularly, that just in the act of living? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
So it seems like the work that we're doing, and, and this is just, I'll, I'll say this for myself because it, it's starting to connect now for me, but it's like, it's almost like all the work that I'm doing is to allow me to experience that purity I had as a child today with anything that wants to happen. It doesn't have to be just golf or football right. or anything. Right. And the point of it is that my example of hitting balls under the light at nine o'clock on a summer night in Minnesota, right? That experience that I was having when I was doing that, that's it. That's, that's, that is life. That, that is actually what life was, but that's also why, that's also why I was so interested in, in doing it, right? Because I got, I would get to experience it and well, everything, everything would get quiet. My mind would get quiet and there was nobody around and I could just be, I could, I could just be there. I could just be, be available right there. And, um, lo and behold, many years later, I look back on that and I go, well, that is life. And it also explains why I'm much more childlike today and way less serious, way less serious than I was seven, eight years ago, right? Because I'm returning back to who I really am. I'm moving back to who I really am, which is that kid hitting balls under the light. Man. And then life gets easier. Life is easy. Life isn't hard. Life is, e life is easy. It's very, very easy. And to, to tie it all together, it's just going with the stream. It's just, it's just tapping into that, into that stream and tapping into the flow of life, flow, the flow of how everything works. And, and, and if I'm interested in going in a different direction, like set the sail and like flow into it, right? Like, or flow in it, flow over here, but just go with, go with life, right? No time and space. There is no, there is none of that. It's just, just move on, you know, it's happening, happen with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. But it's the, the point is, I guess, for me, is that like when you look at when you listen to other people talk about this stuff. There's a reason why Ayrton Senna. Said his most fond memory of racing was when he was not doing it for anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or why Keith Richards was just playing music with his guys and he was, you know, they were stealing ketchup packets. You know what I mean? Like. You're just, yeah, you do it because it wants to be done. And that, that was my entire childhood. And that's what my life looks like today. Yeah, exactly. The only thing is, is in order for me to experience that, I believe that I have to keep scrubbing, you know, I have to keep scrubbing right. away. Absolutely. I have Absolutely. to keep scrubbing all the bullshit. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a privy to, you know, having, you know, my idea of how things should be and look and go. And it's like, that's when I know I got to get the work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you don't. I don't get to Peter. You don't get to say that. No, it's not about dude. It's not about me anymore. They, 
that's that's what it is like it just it can't be there's no there's in that moment under that lamplight and I, I just love the imagery of it i just keep repeating it because i love the imagery of it but like there was no you there was just experience it was just being there right it yeah. wasn't about anything it wasn't about you i loved it yeah i just loved it got really i got really interested in that and the cool part about it today for me is golf is very similar to way to the way it was when I was a kid. It's no longer, it's no longer an obsession. Like there's nothing to strive for anymore, but it's just, a, it's just a joy. You know, I enjoy, I enjoy practicing. I mean, today I hit a bunch of golf balls. I was given a lesson today and, but I just went out there and just hit a bunch of balls. Like just, it's quiet and just started hitting golf balls. Like don't care where they go. Like don't care. I don't just hitting balls, enjoying, enjoying the activity. Man, dude, I, I'm do I'm, I'm do like, I wake up in the morning super early. I sit in here and I just, I listen to music and I just watch and I'll, maybe I'll write something. Maybe I'll read something. Like I'll play video games if I feel like playing video games. It's just, and I, it's like, you know, they, it's just a really cool way to live. But like, it's, it's, you know, we're, we're talking like, we're talking the way we are. I could, I, I would say, cause I'm sure if someone's listening, wondering like, how the fuck does that even happen? I mean, now we've got like 20, 22 podcasts that, that can be listened to because it's not like, you know, I used to always, one thing I think the reason why I think 12-step uh, stuff works really well is that people that are in those groups know, know how bad it is, know how painful things can be, know suffering, know. That's one of the things that wakes me up is like seeing that someone's going through it and being able to be present for it. It's like, you know, like, I, I don't know, I'm going on a tangent now. It's, uh, it's, it's not. No, but it's, it's. One of the things that I used to hate, right, is when somebody that was close to me would say, I see so much potential in you. Right? Like, there's so much potential. You have so much potential, which essentially means I'm a sack of fucking yard tools at the moment. <laughs> at the moment. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> you could be doing so much better or so much, like, in their eyes, so much better than what you're, than what you're doing. And I don't even know what better is anymore, but like I get, I get where the question's coming from because it was, it's in every one of us, every one of us that's experienced a great deal of pain and lived a life full of just, well, it, I mean, it, it's literally like a fucking, it's a fantasy land. It's a total, it's a total dream. It's a, it's a dream existence. And, um, you know, every, I think every one of us has been, has had that said to us where, you know what, Pete, you have so much potential. I see so much potential in you, right? Why can't you be that potential? Fuck, I'm trying. I, you know, like, I don't like it as much. I don't like it any more than you do, but you know, it sucks. I don't, it doesn't feel good. I don't, I don't enjoy living. I don't enjoy, I, I, there's no, there's nothing. Right. And that's just miserable. That, that's a miserable question to have asked. And I don't think I've ever asked that to, I don't think I've ever said that to anyone that I've ever met. I see so much potential in you. 
Like it, but it's a, it's a difficult statement to, to receive. Um, and God, I, people said that to me all the time, like, man, playing, I'm playing fucking golf and like living in a nice place and have a nice car and plenty of money in my pocket and eating at nice restaurants and, you know, dating whoever I want and whatever. Right. And just, I'm a fucking sack of yard tools. I, I just, <laughs> you know, I'm just a total sack of yard tools. <laughs> and I don't have a third. No, I don't even, yeah, I don't even, I, I probably don't have three quarters of what I had materially during those years. And it's fucking great. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, so, yeah. it's just, I'm, I'm, I get rid of things. Like I'm getting rid of things, you know, rather than yeah. it's just totally opposite. My life is totally opposite today. And, you know, it explains a lot. I mean, just the mere, and I've said this before, but the mere fact that I, I know that tonight I'll be able to go to sleep without any sort of substance, without any sort of tranquilizer, without having to do any, without having to do anything, I'll be able to put my head on the pillow at night and go to sleep and just fall, fall away. That is, that's a fucking miracle, you know, like that really is, that really is something that I thought would never be possible. And yeah, there's a lot of, there's some pain and there's some, some suffering that I had to go through to even on a daily basis, you know, there's things I have to look at that I would otherwise maybe not want to look at, but I look at it and I face it and I own it and clean it up and make it right. And I go to sleep every night with a totally clean conscience. I mean, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, and that's really, that's really cool. Cause I didn't, like I said, I didn't think that I didn't think it was possible to live that way. Man, dude, I think we should wrap it up. I think that's a perfect way to close us out, dude. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, nice episode, bro. It was nice to connect with you on zoom. I mean, we're, we're dedicated. We're, we're dedicated. We're going to keep it going. Thanks for, right. thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Whoever, whoever's still listening with us. Um, yeah. It means, it means a lot. We're glad you're here and we're, we're going to keep cruising. Yeah. And I, I think the other thing is that if we have any listeners that have any topics that they'd like to have discussed, like any questions or anything, I mean, I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. The easiest way, the easiest way would be to get at us on Twitter if you don't have Twitter, you can email us. It's just at inside the mind's eye at gmail.com. Yeah. And if we have any experience, we'll talk about it. Oh, yeah. So I'll, try, right, cool. I'll try to talk about it even if I don't have experience. Yeah, that's what I'd like. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you how the world was created. <laughs> Dude, you have to you're gonna have to rein me in when i start talking about things that are out of my jurisdiction no, i'm just gonna let you go because i'll probably find it amusing <laughs> all, all right. right see you man see ya